It is mid-afternoon in London, England right now, where we are joined from by Redmond Shannon from Global News. Redmond, good morning in Vancouver. Good afternoon to you. Good morning, Sterling. Good to have you with us, sir. Tell us a little bit about what happened this morning at, in London at St. James Palace with the officially uh, the, the official ceremony in which Charles III becomes king, short of a coronation, of course. Yes, well, it, it, it's it's many stages of staggered stages of the process of becoming king. I mean, technically, in one way, he became king the moment the queen died. Yes, but this is the official then proclamation. So it is almost the next step. And the proclamation really, Sterling, dates back to the days before we had media, before even newspapers, when it had to be proclaimed physically and shouted from the rooftops, if you will. And this is the first stage at the Privy Council, the senior politicians and senior clergy members who were in the room when it was proclaimed that King Charles III is now the monarch. And uh, during that ceremony, the Privy Council um, said, God save the king. Mm -hmm. And then Charles himself uh, moved to speak for the second time, publicly speaking um, as a monarch. And of course, this is the first time ever that this type of ceremony has been televised because, of course, it was 70 years and seven months ago that the last was the last time a monarch was changed in it. And this event was not televised on that occasion, although it would have happened in similar circumstances. So Charles again spoke, uh, paying tribute to Queen Elizabeth again, of course, and then spoke about his desire to carry out his duties, uh, then signing the oath. Uh, Charles R. was what he signed on the document and uh, now officially proclaimed king. Thereafter, the proclamation was proclaimed outside. There were three cheers from the Coldstream Guards, uh, those famous soldiers with the red jackets and black hats, right. saying hip, hip, hooray, and a very, very colourful ceremony um, for the public outside. And then, Three or four more ceremonies happened this afternoon at the, at the centre of London. Similarly, then in the national capitals and across the UK of Belfast, Northern Ireland, Edinburgh in Scotland and Cardiff in Wales. Right. And uh, you mentioned, of course, that this ceremony was much older than any kind of electronic media that you and I are speaking on today. So presumably the scripts involved are pretty ancient as well. Uh, and the, the the entire ceremony just absolutely reeks of tradition. And uh, I imagine uh, uh, they tried as much as possible to maintain as many traditions as possible in the process, Right. Yeah, of course, it, it really is a, a, a sample from another, another era, yeah. this proclamation. It really doesn't need to happen if you think about it. I mean, we all know, we, anybody who has a TV or a smartphone, they knew within moments. We knew at 6.30 local time here, which was, what, 10.30 a.m. on Thursday morning in B.C., Right that uh, Charles was now king. But this is really, it's ceremonial. It doesn't need to happen. But it's happening. It's part of this the centuries, centuries long tradition. Yes. Now, Redmond, when? What are the plans now? I mean, we're quite a few days out, but is there a sense of a schedule? Obviously, this is Operation London Bridge, the Queen's uh, farewell, if you will. And I understand that she had a hand in virtually every step of the process. But what? What is your understanding of the schedule? For example, Redmond, do we know the day upon which the Queen's funeral will actually take place at Westminster Abbey? 
No, Sterling, we don't know that yet, which is remarkable if you think about it, but there are a few clues. Now, this morning, King Charles uh, said officially that the funeral day will be a public holiday, unsurprisingly. Okay. And that would lead us to believe... Not a weekend. I think it will be... Not a weekend. It yeah. will most likely, I would say, be a week on Monday because a Monday makes sense for a public holiday uh, and it would, you wouldn't have a funeral on a Sunday anyway. So I would, you know, if you want to put a, a five bucks on, on a day, I would go with the 19th, but you never know. And, and when, so when, we'll find out soon. Sorry, and when will that uh, a proclamation or when will that actual defined date be made available so people can start making plans? Presumably London will fill up rapidly. Oh, indeed it will. I would imagine within the next 48 hours, we will know the date of the funeral. And of course, will the, the Queen's body has yet to come to London. That will, uh, we'll find out more details about that. We expect that it will be flown down, that the Queen's remains will be flown down to uh, have a, uh, an in-state uh, viewing, perhaps, for, for over the number of days for, for the public, for members of the public. That will be a huge logistical event too. But the funeral itself, will be remarkable. World leaders, you name it, you can think of a world leader, they'll all want to be there. Getting them all in, the security operation will be immense. So, so much planning has gone in, but so much more work needs to be done to make sure this goes off without, uh, without, a, without a fault. Which makes it even easier to understand why they haven't pu- published that uh, funeral date yet, because as you point out, the behind-the-scenes effort, particularly from a security standpoint, are absolutely massive. And uh, I imagine they're just scrambling like crazy to get that done so on time they can announce the date which you anticipate to be a week monday we'll hold you to that redmond and and, I do. and, and i heard you say five bucks so you're on thank you very much for this okay, we'll fairly. talk again soon bye hi it's shauna and i might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables hey it's ryan and i might be a bad parent because i went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth johnny here i might be a bad parent because in my house the tooth fairy gives pocket change but we're not alone len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital and andy left his two-year-old at the rink all right guys i'm sure we're not alone like andy's kid For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.